Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 3 is where we will begin today. Uh, I guess if for a title of a message that, that we would put today is what is the message that the church is sending today? That's, that's the big question. What message, what message is the church sending? Things have definitely changed today. Uh, there is no doubt. Uh, the culture that we live in today has definitely changed. I mean, I've been at this for 30-plus years now, and I will say this. Within the last 10 years, we've made significant changes. Within the last five, uh, changes have come pretty significantly. But So what you have to do is you have to back up, and you kind of have to regroup sometimes and step back and say, okay, what is the message that the church is sending today? Does the church still have an influence in the community today? I mean... Look at it this way. If Ascension Baptist Church were to close its doors tomorrow, would anyone even notice? Would anybody even care? Would it affect anything if we were to shut the doors of Ascension Baptist Church tomorrow? Well, deep down inside, here's what you would like to think. You would like to hope that it would have some effect on the community if we should shut the doors tomorrow. But, but why are we here? Why, why do we gather together in this place? What message is the church sending today? Is it, is, it a, is, it a, is it a biblical message? That's what's most important. Is it a biblical message? Does the message that, come out, that comes out from this place, is it a message that we're a family here? That we gather together in this place to worship a holy God together? I mean, what is the purpose of gathering here to worship? It's to glorify God. That's the reason that we gather here. Is to glorify a holy God. And so as we consider the message that's coming out from the church today, let me just kind of help you with this just a little bit. We should be sending out today a very, very clear gospel message that leaves no doubt about what it means to be born again it leaves absolutely no doubt what it means to be born again because my question to everybody in this building this morning would be this do you or have you been born again have you truly been born again do you know jesus christ as your personal savior that is that is the question what is, what, is, what is one of the greatest priorities that we have in the message that is sent out from the church? Well, I can tell you this. It doesn't do a whole lot of good to, to teach or to preach about ways that we ought to live as a Christian if we're not a believer to begin with. And so at some point in time, you've got to start at square one. And so the message that we're sending out as a church today should be a very, very clear gospel message. And this is the way it begins, Romans chapter number 3. It's where we will start this morning. Apart from faith in Christ, here's one of the things that I want you to consider this morning. Apart from faith in Christ, we stand condemned in our sin. Alienated from God, the song that Grady just sang just a moment ago. In John chapter 3, in verse 16, all right? Because when you read John chapter 3, 
okay? It allows us to see and allows us to understand that we're condemned already. And so before a holy God, that's, that's who we are. But I want you to notice with me Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. And I want you to notice as Paul writes and what Paul shares with us here. He says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested or revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law points men to sin. That's what it was there for. The law was the schoolmaster. Everything contained within inside of the law pointed to Christ. From the sacrifices to the laws, everything pointed to Jesus Christ. How about the prophets? Well, when you go read the, the prophets, you will find that the message of the prophets pointed to the Messiah that would eventually come, that we have recorded for us in the Gospels. So from the law and the prophets, it has been revealed of what was coming, of what was going to take place. Verse 22, Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all of those who believe, for there is no distinction. There is no difference. I, and, and I've said this many times. It doesn't make any difference what your pedigree is, what social standing you have, where you come from. It makes absolutely no difference. Before God, we're all on the same level. We're all on the same plane. We all are sinners condemned to death. That's who we are. And so there is no difference when we stand before a holy God. And he says so in verse 23. Makes it very clear. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have. We've all sinned. Every one of us. I don't care who you are. Including myself. And I want you to notice what it says. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, it wouldn't make any difference what you did. I don't care how moral you are. I don't care how much you give to charity. I don't care how much or how good you are to your neighbor. I don't care how hard you work. I don't care if you just believe in God. Okay? None of those is enough because all of that falls short of what is required and necessary from a holy God. And Paul wants you to understand that and to, to understand and to see the significance of that. For all have sinned. That's every one of us. I don't care. I don't care who you are. And then verse 24, he says, being justified as a gift by his grace. Let me tell you what that says right there. There are no works. One of the things I want you to understand, it's a gift of grace. It comes from God. Why? Not because of anything you've done. Not because of anything that you may think that you can provide for God okay he did it as a gift of grace in other words there 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 is no there is no nothing that you listen you can't buy it okay you can't go out and barter for it it's a gift of grace how through what means through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus verse 25 whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins 
previously committed for the demonstration I say of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus and now notice what he says in verse 27 he said so where's the boasting let me tell you what it means it's excluded there is no boasting within let me let me say this to you this morning I want you to think about it this way if there was something that you could do to offer an appeasement to a holy God then you would have room to be able to boast about what you've done but as a gift of grace here's what's happened boasting is excluded let me tell you why because it had absolutely nothing to do with you other than it being a gift of grace of God for you because it was all handled and taken care of by Jesus Christ himself when he died on the cross of Calvary it was all taken care of and so therefore it has absolutely nothing to do with what you can offer or what you have done and matter of fact Paul goes on to say by what kind of law of works no but by a law of faith it's by faith placing your trust and faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary verse 28 for we maintain that a man watch this is justified by faith apart from works of the law it's not and it is not faith and works it is faith alone in Jesus Christ alone it is a gift of his grace not anything and not any works that you could ever do within yourselves to accomplish that it is through the sacrificial death of Christ and that is the magnitude of what we're talking about here it is through the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross how do you and I receive forgiveness of our sins it's when we repent and turn away from them here's what you got to understand I'm a sinner condemned already in the sight of a holy God that's who I am and let me tell you something until we come to that point in our lives we'll never understand what that relationship is about because one of the things I want you to understand it starts with us in our own hearts understanding and realizing that that God in his love and his grace has provided for us what is necessary but you know what I love about this more than anything else it doesn't just cover our sin they're forgiven do you understand that because of the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west? Never to be remembered anymore. Why? They're not just covered, they're forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but praise the Lord for his infinite grace. Huh? Removed. As far as the east is from the west, not just covered. Well, if that's not enough, when you move from Romans chapter number 3, and we just make our way through the book of Romans, through Paul's letter, go to chapter number 5. What, is this, what does this do for us? Well, in Romans chapter number 5, we find what it does for us. Beginning in verse number 1. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. And he begins it with therefore. After everything Paul has just written, you come to chapter number 5 and he says therefore. And he just finished 
in chapter 4 with a discussion on faith. Even for Abraham, faith was necessary. It was not the works of Abraham, it was his faith that was counted to him for righteousness. Not the works, not the offering up of his son Isaac, but it was his faith. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter number 4. So when you come to chapter number 5, verse number 1, Therefore, as a result of everything Paul has written so far, here's what he says. So having been justified by faith. Having been justified? What does that mean? God declares you just. God declares you just based upon what? Based upon Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the, cow, on the cross of Calvary. That's how we're declared just. So therefore, having been justified by faith, guess what we have? We have peace with God. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. How do, you, how do you get that peace with God? I don't know about you, okay? I lay my head down on my pillow at night with absolute contentment. People ask me all the time, said, do you like flying? I love flying. How many of you in here like flying? Anybody in here like flying? How many of you would never get on an airplane? Anybody? How many of you are afraid to fly? How many of y'all like getting on that airplane board, especially when it's all over the sky, all over the air, huh? Kind of drops down about 200 feet in the sky. Your, you know, your stomach kind of finds its place in your throat, huh? Gets a little bumpy, okay? Or when you get on the flight and you're getting ready to take off and the stewardess comes on and she says, oh, the captain has requested that everybody remain in their seats. The stewardess has sat down and pretty soon the captain comes on. Please make sure that you tighten your seatbelt securely. For the next few moments, we're going to have to walk through some weather. That's what sometimes they'll say, to walk through. Because that's what he's going to do. He's going to walk through the weather with the airplane. Took off out of Cincinnati, Ohio one time, headed to Denver, Colorado. 35 minutes. Nothing moved on that airplane. Straps were tightened all the way down. I was sitting by a window seat near the front of the airplane. I was watching the lightning from outside of that airplane window. And us, and here's what he's doing. He's trying to thread his way up through a series of thunderstorm squall lines. And all the way up there, that airplane's all over the sky. And he's walking all the way up through there. And I looked out through that window at the lightning and the magnitude of what was taking place. Hmm. I don't know where I was at or where I was going. <laughs> to see the magnitude of his creation. And to have perfect contentment and peace. That even if that airplane were to go down. I would see the one. Who controlled all of that. Huh? Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 2. Through whom we also have obtained. Our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope or rejoice, joy in hope of the glory of God.
do you? Where do you find your joy? Do you glory in Jesus Christ? Huh? We should. That's where our joy comes from. It's where our joy should come from. Where does our peace come from? It comes from God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Where does our contentment come from? Are you tired of having no peace and no contentment, no purpose, no joy? I can tell you what, it can all be answered real quickly. It's found in Jesus Christ and Him alone. You see, the Bible, as it deals with the subject of salvation, treats it or presents salvation as a transformation that sets apart God's people from the world. And so, therefore, what message are we sending as a church? We ought to be different. We ought to be different than the world. It's who we are. As we assemble and gather here in this place as God's people, ought to be different. Let me say this to you. The church shouldn't look like the world. Huh? I know that's not popular, but it shouldn't. We should be different than the world out there. Matter of fact, they ought to be able to see the church and know that there's something different about them people over there. They gather every week over there. They talk about this book called the Bible. And they're studying it all the time. Why? Let me tell you why. His name is Jesus Christ. That's why. And one day we're going to spend all of eternity with him. So the best thing you can do is start by now understanding and learning as much about him as you can. Makes sense, doesn't it? If you're planning to spend all of eternity with him, wouldn't you want to know as much about him as you could? So, back to the question. What message are we really sending today? This one writer states, let me just kind of share this with you. Here's what he wrote. And please listen to this carefully. God does not owe us explanations. We owe him explanations. God is not on trial. We're on trial. He's the creator and the judge. You ready for this? He is the only one who can give life and take life. You ready for this? God is God. I'm not. God is God. I'm not. God doesn't owe us any explanations. We owe him. God's not on trial here. We are. Do you understand and realize that if you were to die lost without Jesus Christ, that one day you will stand at the great white throne judgment of God? And guess what you'll answer for? The books will be opened, and the Lamb's book of life will be opened, and you'll be judged out of those things that are written in the Lamb's book of life or in those books that have been opened in front of you, and the Lamb's book of life is there, not for God to determine whether or not your name is there, but for you to see that it's not then to have to hear those words that would come from him depart from me because I never knew you turn with me to Colossians chapter number 3 Paul speaks further of this relationship Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 through verse 7 
Paul writing to the church at Colossae. As he speaks about this relationship and, and just in clarity for us to see. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. I want you to notice, as Paul writes, he says, Therefore, there's a therefore again, okay? If you've been raised up with Christ, in other words, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, keep seeking the things that are where that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God he said set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on the earth my dear friend listen to me this is temporary this building that we're in one day is not going to be here it'll be gone everything that we have within ourselves is going to be gone I know people use this phrase all the time. They said, have you ever noticed at a funeral, the hearse never is pulling a U-Haul behind it? Here's what Job said. Can a man live again when he dies? Job also said, made this statement. He said, naked I came into this world, and how am I going back out of it? Same way. Same way. You're, you're, you're not going to take anything from here. Verse 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in who? In God. We've died to, we've died to self. We've died to the flesh. Where do we find our identity now with God? It's found in Jesus Christ. That's where we find our identity. Let me ask you a question today. Where's your identity? Is your identity in yourself or is your, or is your identity in Jesus Christ? I hope and pray today that your identity is in Christ. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Wow. Why? Because we're heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, in Romans chapter number 8, it says, it speaks about that relationship as being an heir, joint heir with Christ. If we suffer with Christ then guess what? We'll share in His glory as well. Let me ask you a question. You think that would be based upon anything you've ever done in your life? No. It is called the gift of grace of God Himself. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but it's all because of Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say in verse 5, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. Not me. Really? Oh, by the way, that's not an exhaustive list. You say, didn't get me. Mine's not listed there. I hate to tell you. That's not where it is. 
So let me say this to you this morning. If you've been truly born again, meaning repentance of your sins, believing in Jesus Christ, and scriptural baptism, then guess what? You can belong to a local church, to a local body. Because you want to know something? It's made up of born-again believers. So what is a church? It's a group of people gathering with one another to be shaped by the Word of God. That's what it is. That's what we ought to be doing. So let me ask you a question. So why do you gather here week after week? We gather here week after week to be what? Shaped by the Word of God. So what does that mean? That the Word of God ought to be taught and preached when we gather together. Amen? In its clarity, in its fullness. Not just picking and choosing where we want to go. But the whole counsel of God. Even the difficult parts. Even those parts that we just don't like to go. It's the whole counsel of God. Now, I don't know about you. But one of the things that we ought to do is we ought to look forward to gathering and worshiping with other born-again believers. We ought to, because guess what? One day, let me ask you a question. Do you know what you're going to be doing one day when you leave here? And everything eventually comes to the point where we move ourselves and we find ourselves in the eternal state. Guess what you're going to be doing day in and day out? Are you ready? We're going to be worshiping and praising the one who loves us so. Huh? Guess what? Are you ready for this? Do you have any idea what goes on 24 hours a day around the throne of God? Of course, he's not bound by space and time, so it's immaterial for him, but for us to kind of put it into something we can get our hands around. Do you understand what goes on around the throne of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week? It's those around the throne worship and praise him day in and day out singing holy 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 huh you ready for this we have the privilege to be able to praise him today for what he's done for us so what do we need today what should be the message of the church today? Here it is. It's real simple. We need churches today that call us to God. We need churches today that call us to God. Not to methods, not to programs, not to marketing schemes and all of those things. We need churches that do what? That call us to God. I'll finish with this. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We've not been saved by ourselves. Nor for ourselves. We've not been saved by ourselves nor for ourselves. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Notice as Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a what? To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My dear friend, listen to me, please. 
if Jesus Christ is still in the tomb, then you and I today have no hope. You notice what kind of hope we have? It's a living hope. You know why it's a living hope? Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. So we have a living hope. Look at verse 4. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. Notice this. You ought to underline. Reserved in heaven, what? For you. Sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise according to Ephesians chapter number 1. The earnest of our inheritance has already been given. Yep, reserved for you. A living hope. Because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. What sets us apart from everybody else? We have a living hope. That's what sets us apart from everybody else and everything else. We have a living hope. It's in the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. And then look at verse 5. Whew. If that's not enough, then notice what Peter writes next. Who are protected by the power of God. Who are protected by the power of God through what? Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in what? In the last time. That's what we have and are you ready for this that is the message that we ought to be sending today it ought to be very clear it ought to be concise it's a simple message it ain't about us it's all about God God provided the way and the means not anything that you and I can do to earn it it is simply a gift of his grace and as a result of that the message of the church today should be such we should be known for that we should be known for a very clear gospel message as to who we are from our worshiping together through song through our praying through our preaching through our teaching it ought to be gospel centered amen because that's what changes lives let's pray together father we thank